0: Right, Mijo, Sir, nice to see you. Uh, Tyler here. Uh, office hours 49, coming up on 50. Be honest, we took a couple of weeks off throughout the year. We should be over 50, but I still feel proud of the effort and consistency. Uh, I missed uh, last week's, but uh, excited to be back. A little bit of a smaller team here today. Uh, that's was just on, uh, pushing lots of changes. So lots of good stuff on the way here. And very excited to share that. Look, uh, maybe a little bit today, but more in the upcoming, upcoming weeks. Uh, what's going on right now uh, you know very sort of shared with the team this week just like getting deeper and deeper we've made a significant so update to the dashboard and sort of exploring insights and i feel like we're like digging a hole and we're like almost to the bottom where there's like gold or treasure in there i feel like we keep getting closer and closer it's like i can i can now see the wooden box that the treasure's inside and i'm like trying to dig it dig it and get it out all that's like how I'm looking at these insights that we pull from language. And I think a couple very exciting projects where we're helping some of our customers and partners, clients, whatever we want to call them, love them all, uh, reveal that information. So that's very exciting to me. So uh, I've got, you know, I guess any uh, opening thoughts from you?
1: No, uh, you know, I I think that um, the kind of work we've been doing is is great. Uh, really moving towards this holistic thinking uh, of, you know, now, now that we've made it simple and seamless for you to get your media in, store your media, like sort through it, like uh, sort through all that language data. Now our next step of uh, figuring out is A, how do we give you very top, like v- very useful insights right off the bat? And the second part is how do you how do you actually deliver value through that data uh, that we give you? So, you know, uh, the second piece there is just making it easier for you to share your media, share your insights uh, with other stakeholders, like research partners, whatever it is you might be doing. So pretty exciting to think about how we can better tell stories with the data that we're help- helping people produce. And uh, yeah, just, just excited to keep uh, developing some some new solutions and features in that direction.
0: It's interesting because we are both uh, we are both marketers. We're used to dealing with data, and really, in the end, it comes down to I don't know what your exact sort of deliverable relationship or how you you dealt with customers in your, in your previous work, but like in the end, it really did come down to like a monthly summary report, where often you jump on a call and give a couple of takeaways. And in a way, you look at this data that we're dealing with, this language data, which you know I think is absolutely valuable. Uh, um, and, and we're applying those same practices. It's just it's a little harder sometimes to get yeah. it because of the structure of the information and how complex language is
1: I, I also think that the the more I think about it too, and even just you know other players in the space and um, what some of them do as well, right? Like I, I still find, for example, the way maybe as an industry we're where we're maybe falling behind or failing, or maybe just the tech isn't quite there yet is. Our insights, for example, what when we talk about action items, right? It's very rudimentary. It's very much like, is this an action item, right? Like, is this actually something that someone that, like, let's say you, it's a research deliverable. Is this something that your end user could take and actually use towards building something that impacts their revenue or their output, whatever that might be? Um, so, I, I think that. Yeah, you know, like, because even just this question about, you know, talking to clients and figuring out what deliverables they care about, a lot of the times, they couldn't care less about like all the nuances of the data and like, oh, like, I don't care about my page visits that much. You know, I don't care about how many people are seeing my pages. I care about, okay, you know, people are seeing these pages, they're converting at X percentage. What are my next steps to actually have an impact on growing this or moving this forward or improving it, right? And I I think that that's the direction we're trying to move in as well. It's like, it's not just here's the data and you're on your own. It's here's the data, here's this kind of playground for you as the more technical person to play around with and extract the insights that matter uh, to, to maybe your understanding. But then the next level of that is how do you take that information and then make it accessible for your desired end user? right? In a way that, that actually is A, simple, and be actually useful in their kind of work or in whatever end goal they're trying to achieve. So, um, yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, even if we use that example of action items that you're talking about, it's like sometime, every, every time someone says need to, you know, then from a conversation, uh, you you're trying to help them to, you know, show action items. But you know, someone said there was 25 iterations of, of that. So that's still 25 sentences that you have, you know, there's still, even when you use filters to filter down, there's just so much information and that's what we need to sort of see through. And obviously, you know, as you've touched on different different goals and different spaces for different people, whether it's revenue or whatever it is, but at the core, they're all looking to, you know, I'm going to be a nerd. I love the data, but that's not what everyone wants to be. And we're continuing to see um, that part of, I got, I got stuck up, I got hum, hung up on this. I just said it when we were having that conversation in marketing this week, where it's like, this import insights thing, I just, it was like when I was like, oh wow. So probably more profound to me than anyone else, but it's also like what we've sort of talked about, which is there's all these data sources available so much of that containing language information right now current status is that you know unless you have a very technically savvy team generally that's hard information to process to understand comprehend derive insights from and uh, one of the core concepts that we sort of talked about within that is this idea of like first party versus third party uh, data and that's another one that sort of sticks out to me which is In some cases, one of the things that we're processing most are sort of market research interviews. Some of those are for research firms, some of them more for marketing agency or just companies doing competitive intelligence. That's a first party source of data, but then there is... A need to understand this entire pipeline, like where did this, where does this happen? How do you capture it? How do you bring it into speak? How do you improve the accuracy? And then how do you generate insights from it? So this idea from import to insight, it's not like a series, but what I hope we can start to look at that is like all those different paths of possible language data that are valuable in, in the industries and segments that we want. How can we give people the step-by-step guide to getting to those insights?
1: I guess, do we want <clears throat> to just hop into point number one? I mean, I guess we've started, <laughs> we yeah, started right off of that. Yeah, we
0: jumped right in. I want to show that this was just uh, interesting. I'll share uh, mm-hmm. this. Someone just reached out to me today, and I think it's because we started to talk a little bit, and, you know, talked a little bit more online about like sources of third party data. And mm-hmm. how could we, uh, visualize this. So this was a person uh, who, am I sharing the right screen? You can see this.
1: Is it research? Yeah, um, like regulations. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, yeah. So one of the, someone I know following along, sort of aware of what we're doing. Um, I think even a speak user, they're trying to track so basically sentiment and um, basically do an analysis on these comments as they come up. So this mm-hmm. just just opened on January fourteenth, and there's a comment period for twenty four days. And now people, you know, something about controlled controls control, uh, substances and the government looking at you know changing the regulations on it. So what mm-hmm. happens is people are able to then leave a comment and uh, all these just sort mm-hmm. of combine into what, like, you know, even for us right now, like for me to go and click on every single one of these, is sort of a hassle. Um, ideally, like this one's still pretty niche in the amount of comments, but we've seen ones that are thousands and thousands of comments. Mm-hmm. So how could you, as a, as a third-party source of data, one that's just valuable and literally this, someone sent me this message right before I hopped on this call, automatically grab that information, pull it into to speak derive insights, make it more meaningful, make it more navigatable. Uh, so that just, you know, just this idea of first party versus third party data and where where is this meaningful information? And I, I I think one thing we've talked about a couple of times is just also the shift to you know we're moving to a very private, you know, very privacy-centric, privacy-first, privacy-focused world. A lot of it, you know, started with, I mean, rightfully where people taking back their rights of privacy and data and ownership lot of that, you know, um, set a precedent by GDPR and how specifically EU uh, views this in a much more human holistic way, I find than maybe uh, some of our reckless North American um, folks here, but as we make this shift and cookies start to fade out. And, you know, as we've talked about this week, like, you know, understanding like open rates on emails and things change, your ability to gather, you know, valuable information from your own customers, your own people becomes very important. And also maybe looking into more third-party data sources that are valuable sources of information. So that's all, I, have, I don't know if you have
1: anything to add. To no, I, I think that's exciting. Like, I, I, I like this idea of, you uh... <clears throat> importance put into both first party and third party data because obviously um, if you are a larger team or maybe you do have funding like you're more likely to have access to first party data versus more often than not if if you don't quite have that that opportunity you have to rely on third party information or you know uh, open source information whatever it is to actually achieve your kind of insight goals so I, I think there's definitely value in this this integration with third- party sources because you know, like part of our goal is also to become this all in one kind of central location where you can securely store your information, um information that you've pulled in, maybe proprietary information that you've been given access to. uh, store it securely in one place, and then, you know, r- reduce the need for third-party applications and worrying about, you know I need to learn. How to do x, y z in order to achieve you know like a when instead we just want you to be able to just bring everything here, analyze it, and then you get your your outcome right uh, and, and it's it's not to say that other, there's other specialized products that don't serve a purpose, but I think it's it's like anytime you niche down a product or like to a very technical level um you create this this uh barrier to entry that might not be possible for some people to cross for, for various reasons, whether that's financially or just even from a skill perspective, you know, the amount of time they need to put in to actually learn a, a very dedicated platform might not be a justifiable use of their time. So we're, how, how do we live in that space where we can play with both, you know, the more technical and advanced crowd? But also still, you know, bring down that barrier to entry, uh, where your your kind of average end user can still derive value from these large data sets. Um, so I, I think that's an exciting exciting direction that we're we're trying to take. Um,
0: you know, I uh, sometimes I sometimes get lost into you know, technical things because I would like to solve. I did not say, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that I have that within me, but I don't know how many hours on a weekend I spent playing around with Python, scraping data sets, right? And, yeah, I was
1: going to say, we saw, the, you know, our, our toggle data and you're, you're like a double the rest of us. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, I love it. I love this yeah. stuff.
0: So I can't, uh, you know, I can't really complain. But, uh, and it's like those things, like, I, again, but should I probably get lost into Python scraping for eight hours on a Saturday? Uh, maybe not. Uh, and ideally, there's smarter people than me out in the world who value, you know, they value their time. And instead of like, oh, I'm going to code this line by line. Um, I can actually, for example, go into speed, one click and pull in the source of information that I want to And, uh, frankly although i had a lot of fun and uh, fulfillment out of that um, i'm sure i could do cool things with that 8 hours uh, and uh, so that's that's what we hope, hope yeah, you have to, a dog now need to yeah, need to that's, take the
1: <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. so
0: jenny um, think you know anything else to add to to add to that but um,
1: i think just building off that right uh, you know the second point we kind of have here is just this idea of natural language understanding for this almost Google or search focused uh, experience for the data that people are bringing in. So I'm I'm not sure if you had some starting thoughts there um, to kind of kickstart that conversation.
0: I guess it actually comes from, so one thing that just emerged for me, which I had thought of before is like, uh, because earlier we were talking about this and some opportunities. So the idea is like right now in speak, there's a search function in that search function, you type in a keyword or phrase, finds every instance of that. But what you're not necessarily doing is saying, you know, uh, more human-like search. Our whole team is full of robots. So, we're, you know, our, it's like a human-like search of, you know, what is the most um, positive brand mentioned this week? And that should automatically give you the answer. We are already, you know, you, I, that's all, our team is capable of getting that response through the filters, but ideally we shouldn't have to make someone do that. The part that I just thought that I think is interesting is we were talking about searching directly into the media library, but if we set up the questions that someone asks, they could act part of the processing could actually be our scraping to bring in. So like uh, the idea there, just as Twitter as an example is like, you know, give me a report on, this sentiment, uh, the sentiment of this topic on Twitter this week, right? So in the back end, even if that's not in the library yet that could actually create uh, a a function or a call to then pull that data in, in that moment, run it and then create the analysis. So just that's my new thought is that right now we're sourcing specifically media that's in, which makes sense because you're referring to media that's already in your library. But if we actually bring in some of these capabilities there might be a way to, no, there is a way to actually scrape, say, third-party data sources and get the answer. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. um, But ideally, sorry, I'll just go back to where we were. Right now, what we're looking at is you have a bunch of media or text notes or survey responses or customer testimonials, research groups, whatever, and, and you're trying to query that data to find insights. And that was something that multiple research firms have talked to us about is two functions, either They are, um, asked by their client to produce insight or the other part is, so that's one big task. And like, basically the more efficient that could be, and the easier it is for us to enable that for research teams, the faster they can create that response, the more value is created for their client, the less time is taken up for them. And it's a win-win for everyone involved. But the other part here is what we're starting to see. And maybe talk about this a little bit is like, we're allowing our, our companies to share their libraries of media with their end clients as a deliverable. Mm-hmm. So now we could empower their end clients to make a human like natural search and they can get that information without intervention and in having to take human labor from the research firm. And it creates an ongoing like value chain. Yes.
1: Cause I think feeding uh, just through this conversation, something that I guess kind of clicked in my head is um. As a business, as a growing business, obviously our KPIs matter, but it, it also means the more we can tie into our kind of end users' KPIs and provide value to their KPIs and desired outcomes, the, not only do we become more useful, but I'd say we're achieving a, a sort of higher purpose with the product we've built as well. Where it's it's beyond our it's it's beyond just something we benefit from. It also becomes something that. Anyone that decides to use the platform can benefit from um, to achieve whatever goals that they're trying to achieve. Right. So, um, I I think just uh, building off this, I I think we also read something about like search and analytics. Right. Uh, Two powerful buzzwords, (laughs) or just two powerful like fields. Right. So it's 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 this whole idea of yeah, cool because that's essentially what a lot of popular search engines are, Uh, maybe not so much the analytics side on the front end, but creating this seamless search experience where, you know, Google, for example, has been able to monopolize like, what is like 93% of the search market or whatever, right? And how can you kind of, once again, feeding off this topic of privacy and uh, keeping uh, your own data as owned data, how do you create this kind of safe uh system and safe community of uh information for your desired target audience and make sure that that information stays relevant for the people that is relevant that that needed or want that information um and you know it's, it's not to build more walled gardens like or at least ideally that's not how it's built uh but it, it is more about uh, re- it, it is more about building these these almost like personal uh, search engines uh, for your organization, or even just for your personal use. If you are, let's say, a solo researcher, or solo marketer, or just even someone that's just interested in getting insights on a topic. Um, so I, I, th- I think really building off of that, uh, building towards that kind of Google-like search where. You can ask the system questions in a way, right? Like you you provide a query, and based on that query, it'll actually surface uh, relevant information from from everything you've put in. Uh, so it, it's exciting to kind of see us building towards that. And uh, when we get there, I, I think it's yeah. going to be like it's it's going to be it's going to be mind blowing.
0: Yeah, and, and sort of what you touched on. We've heard the term in the past, but I think it becomes more even relevant with some of the things you've been doing recently is like this uh, like institutional loss. Mm -hmm. Like when, you know, again, maybe an employee, employee leaves a company and they have all this brain power, like that's now gone from the company and what remnants of that are left. And if they've been doing interviews or they've been, you know, uh, like that becomes part of this, this engine that you can now query and learn from. And uh, so I think that that part is, no, I'm I'm personally really uh, excited about that. And what else am I thinking here? I like that you said something clicks. It's always nice when something clicks, like you know, from like this like marketing uh, perspective and idea. And I think the other piece that you touched on there is just like aligning with your customers' goals, right? Like we are generally seeing value created for again, like marketing agency or research firm who are doing interviews or have at least a big set of data that they're trying to analyze. So how can, one of the challenges that, you know, have talked about this before, is like they're facing is that a research firm oft, often will only maybe engage once or twice a year for a specific, you know, uh, discovery or exploration of maybe an obstacle facing a business or a challenge facing a business. But if we now help the firms create this deliverable that becomes this living, breathing, engine of knowledge, what I believe we can see happening is these research firms are actually generating another revenue stream. So we're actually helping our companies create another revenue stream, building like a sticky relationship with the clients that they're serving. And, uh, and yeah, just enabling both productivity and efficiency gains. And one of the best quotes we got last year was someone saying, save 40% of their time which is fantastic. Uh, And then also um, revenue gains and then from the end, from the client, they're having end benefits. So I like this idea of value creation throughout the entire pipeline. And ideally, what's happening there, if we execute on this all properly, is a win-win-win uh, situation. I would say even win-win-win-win-win, because if the company has better insights, they're going to make better decisions for their customers in the end. And that's a lot of people uh, in that uh, in that pipeline. Um, anything to add there before we uh, maybe jump to uh, a couple of pieces? Cool. Um, I guess just, now I don't want to be redundant because you and I were part of this initial conversation that we had, but however anyone who watches or listens to this was not, which was, as we were sort of building out content for the year, uh, or I guess I would say the first quarter, we looked at you know what, what are those most valuable things we could do? And some of that was how, you know, how again, can you take a, you know, maybe an interview all the way down to insights and sort of doing that with different stacks of, of data sources. And what we sort of uncovered or what you sort of asked at the end of that discussion was like what don't we have and that then sort of accelerated this conversation about okay if we can just cross the chasm on these few things all of a sudden everything that we've done becomes much more valuable um so i just wanted to touch on that a little bit uh and some of the limitations i guess not just that speak the system has but what we're seeing i think in voice ai speech recognition as a whole and to quickly touch on that is saw so quote towards the end of last year i think exactly who said it but i said you know keyword spotting is no longer enough you know a keyword is not enough and so what we're trying to figure out we know that because again we've had that experience of doing with this data it's like what are these next layers of value and just a quick example is a data set that's in our system right now a bunch of people are talking about a technology platform that they're using that's fantastic great we we see that this keeps popping up in all the conversations it's one of the most popular and important topics in that that's only a high level of information that's not drilling you down into okay okay so this is the brand that or the, the technology product that we're talking about this is market research that's being done now what is the this conversation specifically around this topic and we don't necessarily do maybe a good enough job of that in the system right now you could say okay I'm going to click on this product and it's going to reveal every sentence related to this product but it doesn't necessarily summarize that for you so what we're trying to to do it's not that hard away, is like in out of this out of 100 conversations this product was mentioned 20 times and out of that 20 times out of those 100 conversations um, here's the overall sentiment of it and here's maybe top five examples or or top five most negative examples that was a long string i don't know know, any uh (laughs) things to add to that i
1: i think to your point uh and this maybe ties a bit into this whole idea of creating a narrative with your data it's like you said keywords by themselves aren't necessarily enough. Uh, they they give you some useful information, but what happens when you're not looking for, you know, let's say credit card, I think is the example you used yesterday, but you're actually looking for credit card rates, right? So now that's technically not a keyword anymore. It's like a key phrase, right? And so it's like, now that you're able to identify this key phrase that unlocks even more value because now it's not, okay, you know, I just search for words with credit, right? Or credit card. And then you have 300 entries to look through. Now it's like, okay, credit card rates out of those 300 entries were only really mentioned five times, right? And, and that is like super powerful and super insightful because um, now you've cut out basically filtering manually through 300 entries to find that specific mention. And obviously with, you know, if it's pure automated transcription, you might have missed uh, data here and there, but if, if that much accuracy is your concern, you, you'll probably go the professional transcript route anyways. Um, but for very, uh, you know, for efficiency and speed from uh, import to insight, as, as you said, I, I think that it, it would be very powerful. And it also lets us build more meaningful uh, end insights. So once we actually are able to build in a bit of this insights engine, uh, where the information you put in can actually, you you can start asking questions or we'll kind of just pre-populate commonly asked uh, queries. uh, It'll really enable us to let people basically dump media, dump files, dump text notes, whatever it is. And every time you come to the platform, every time you add more information, this, this insights panel of yours, uh, will tell you in plain English, you know, it, it won't be a bunch of numbers, it won't be a bunch of graphs, it'll literally just be, hey, you know, like, I'm Bob, your a mm-hmm. research assistant, right? <laughs> like, essentially, and it's like, here are the top five um, insights that you chose, let's, let's assume, right, uh, for the day. And uh, here's how maybe, like, uh, I, I believe Vatsal mentioned something about comparisons. And so the next yeah. level of that is, okay, cool. Now here's this one-time snippet, this one-time snapshot. And here's how this snapshot compares to your data over time. Uh, and w- which is going to be cool because now it's not only about, okay, I just uploaded things. Now, what does that look like? It's, let's say I recorded an interview uh, as an example, six months ago. And then I went back and interviewed the same person or the same group of individuals. Um, again, six months later, uh, is there any difference in how they discussed uh, this topic, right? Now, now, let's say, you know, the Bank of Canada is talking about increasing interest rates. Now, is that something that's come up in conversations a lot more, where it's now people are worried about rates rising, people are more worried about inflation, and you kind of see that information populating the responses, um, which, and once again, the, the, you can get that data manually, but the whole point would be now, you don't have to like you as a technical person can still do that digging and get more granular insight into what's going on. But um, talking about just having this uh, dem- democratization of the data you're populating and letting your, let's say your uh, stakeholder, your kind of final deliverable partner, just access top level insights that they only care about for their C-suite presentations or their kind of team meetings, right? Like you're basically cutting down their, um, I, what's the term? It's, it's like a something load, like a...
0: Cognitive?
1: No. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the cognitive load they need to kind of put on themselves to achieve this end result, right? So let's say before you were sending them these kind of slightly more in-depth reports where they'd actually need to you know, set aside an hour a day to read through these and come to their own conclusions or build off your conclusions. Instead, now you're bringing that down to, let's say, 15 minutes. And you know, within 30 minutes, they, they've been able to read through your report, understand the top level uh, things that they should be concerned about. And then they've built like their final report in one hour versus three hours. And now not only have you gained a bunch of value from the system because uh, you know, it, it sped up your research process, but you've actually passed on that time savings and that efficiency to the next person or the next team on the chain. Which, uh, which is like a really incredible thing.
0: Yeah, we've had, the sh- the, I guess, the shortcoming experience in the past, which is like I shared. At that point, I was using Data Studio because we didn't even have the, like, and it was with the, uh, some investors actually. And, uh, ah, this is too much. Work. You know what I mean? It was basically the response. It's like, ah, I still have to filter through all this information myself. And so it's interesting because You know, you want to produce that sort of end report and maybe an investor, you know, executives, like you said, C-suite, like even if it's 80% accurate, but they only need to spend 15 minutes on it versus, uh, you know, an hour and a half, that's good enough. And, uh, and then, and then the other part that you touched on, which is something I've been thinking about, but I have no idea how to come out, which is like, uh, this like research assistant, you know, um, like sort of like your AI-powered research assistant. And maybe as we continue to evolve how we generate insights towards the sentences, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like you said Bob, obviously it's not Bob, but uh, remember, what's the the thing that everyone hated in Microsoft Word, Clippy or whatever? The the People
1: hate Clippy, Clippy was great.
0: I thought people, well, they tried to make yeah. a resurgence. Apparently I thought everyone hate anyways, I yeah. didn't hate them, but uh, you know, like, is there this not sentient being, but is there a part of speak that actually is your sort of assistant that's then giving you these insights in a more digestible human-like way. And that becomes like the lower brain humanistic side of speak beyond like the data sort of scraping uh, uh, kind of thing. And just two other things that you, you know, really, I think you're interesting is like, uh, you part, companies want to build uh you know everyone wants to be part of the ai revolution and yet some of the most value is just coming from basically like simple mathematics like you said like like you said the comparison part like once the actual for example nlp or the insights are produced when you're doing a when you're doing a filter say last week compared to this week that's just math at that and it's still actually the ai was all the stuff to get it there but in the end it's just a simple comparison calculation that's that, that's creating value and the other part that you talked about is um, sort of this credit card or like sentence piece and uh, at that case you're really de- just getting down to word counting. you might not even be using the you're not even using in that case like NLP or anything it's just like a mathematical equation but I think we in a way I'm talking we of our company but then maybe even us as a part of these sort of AI spaces like, You don't need to have fancy ai baked in everything if it's creating value so i think it's uh i think it's mind-blowing if you have say 50 interviews or for example you know if i'm looking at this more personally and this maybe resonates with people like i have all my evernote notes that i ever wrote um in here and if i query back and instead of just looking for keywords i find you know like i have an example here where it's like six a six word phrase where there's even like eight word phrases and I see that that's repeated over and over again. I'm like, wow, like the, 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 like the coincidence that you, that many different people, or even myself at many different times strung together those exact configuration of words is pretty significant. And so let's dig down deeper into that. And so just as that, you know, to complete that example from this research, one research engagement, to say there's a hundred interviews and and, Five people said an eight word phrase or a five word, like, holy crap, that's, that's pretty wild. That's something that is an insight compared to just maybe a keyword that uh, gets, gets spotted there. So that's, that's, I guess, just trying to get over that hoop of, we don't care to continue using AI. We've already got enough AI baked in their product. Now it becomes insights and value creation. And sometimes you just use the simplest route to, to get there. Okay. Yeah, we're good uh you know we're maybe we're beating a horse to death here uh, uh i shouldn't say that. that's a horrible uh, that's, a, that's a bad uh yeah i grew up on a horse farm but you know like so i, I love horses so that's I, you know as i said it but the idea there is like you know anyone who's tuned into our conversations know how deep and technical we can get about extracting mm-hmm. insights from language but i hope that's why if anyone likes this they also love it because they're uh, as consumed by this as we are um, couple other quick things we can you know keep this a little shorter here today but uh, I think is a point that you touched on almost with this research assistant is this idea of this like narrative insights so we've touched this a little bit it's like the sentence structure or outcome um, that you're looking for and so one of the most impressive things that I didn't even realize existed was that was to, I mean I knew Tableau existed but just the fact that it would take any chart or any sort of data just like basically like one click narrative form and it would just generate the sentence and um i hope we can get to a part where we speak where it's like you know google like search narrative result with a, a a beautiful chart that correlates with that and that becomes the sort of shareable report and that's generated as quickly as possible with as high as accuracy so that's one other thing anything on there no one last part and I'm, uh, you know, maybe one part that I'm also interested in that you touched on, which is uh, just this idea of um, real-time updating or like this the sink, like a sync being created. So talked about their research firms creating this sort of library as a deliverable for their clients. And ideally what happens is, uh, you know, we're generating the shareable media library, which sounds abstract right now because we haven't shared much about it, but... You can take a folder and speak. Yes, folders are now into speak. And I can organize one client, a client engagement, say first batch of interviews. And I can organize that into one folder. And then, or, or, and then I can also add another uh, client engagement with other research interviews in. And basically what is possible or what's unlocking there is what you've said, Nihal, which is like, I can now create that link for my client. And they can see the difference between the first round of interviews versus the second round of interviews and every time you add a new media f- recording in or a new interview in it's automatically updating so that becomes a really cool live 365 24/7 adjusting dashboard that's producing insights on an ongoing basis and I'm also as we touched about it is like we looked at that government regulation part just that part way right through this episode and it's like why how can you how can we as a company, Take that url and sync into that page and then every time a new comment's populated it just automatically pulls into the the, the dashboard and the most uh, easy example of this that's just one that's actually started to play a little bit of a role for us here uh was this idea of like an rss feed so rss feed is a, a you know a very popular way to disseminate information most most people may be familiar with it from a, a podcast uh, production um piece so That what I like about this, and I I mean I've got silly examples of it right now, but I hooked in the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. And every single time a new public a podcast is published, it gets pulled in automatically and I get a little email summarizing the episode. And very niche, like you said, Nihil. Maybe people on our team sometimes do things out of interest, but uh it's fun. Uh I like it and it's it's produced a pipeline where I think we can create value and um you know, from a more validated standpoint, from a commercial thing is like this idea of podcast, especially in different industry segments or depending on the specific podcast or even episode, there could be a wealth of information that's that's relevant for your market or competitive insights or intelligence. So by creating that live sync to speak, you're continually creating value automatically. So that's another thing I'm really excited about with this sort of library and some of this third-party uh, data sources that we're pulling in. Sure. Okay. I know we're coming at the end of this one. I can feel it. Feeling hall. Uh, any last things, I guess. Uh, you know, we talked just a little bit of um an experimentation this week around uh, letting users of speak personalize how they're using speak and then what you know what that costs them, you know, how we're building those packages. And I think one thing that uh, also gets Depends how you're growing your company and building the company. And uh, one thing that I think I not fell victim to, but got uh, it's like SaaS, you know, SaaS everything, right? And like anything that deviates a little bit from that slash if someone isn't subscribing to your exact specific plan and configuration that you you don't even almost like want them as a customer because that means they didn't see the value in the current plan later. I think there's, ideally, you can actually lay out plans that are so valuable because you've worked through it so well that it makes perfect sense. But in, especially with the complexity of our system, sometimes it's like, oh, I want the text analysis, but I don't need any hours. So, but I'm paying for hours per month. So why am I overpaying for a part of a system that I'm not going to use? And so what we sort of are working through in very early iterations is letting people sort of personalize these plans on Speak. And uh, sort of our first experimentation with that this week, really talking to people who have previously signed up for Speak, as Nihal put it, sort of early adopters, some of the visionary people who saw that the value of Speak. And then as more and more people sign up, you know, just giving them that chance of, okay, you test out the system, you like this or you need this, you don't need that. Let us know what you need, and we will help build that and make that happen for you. So I guess just maybe any thoughts from you or even from a marketing perspective, uh, yeah, just a- a- any thoughts around that? Needed.
1: <laughs> always, always with the meat. Mute. The meat's always your worst enemy. Uh So I think that this, you kind of put it perfectly in the sense of sometimes falling to that SaaS trap of you need to be perfectly executing on every little system that you build and it's like if that system doesn't work for someone like they're not necessarily a right fit but i, I think sometimes we need to also use a bit of just general consumer uh solution uh sorry i just got distracted by Vassel's message um so uh, like sometimes helping you know if you think about it from just providing a consumer grade solution sometimes it's how can we because it's sure like there's a business side of uh and the revenue side that we need to care about but we also just care about helping people actually achieve their end goals so it's like if the kind of barrier to entry for someone is oh i feel like i am overpaying for a part of a system that i don't use uh especially at this stage where we do have a bit more flexibility in how we approach some of our, uh, uh, I guess, customer solutions. Uh, why not just give them the option to, you know, sure. Cause our system has plenty of capabilities that don't rely on transcription. Right. So it's why would we, uh, I guess, deny someone the opportunity to get those features uh, without subscribing, I guess, to like transcription minutes that they might never use. Um, And I I think it's also given us a bit of clarity because now, especially the state of the transcription industry, right? Where there are companies that are just severely underpriced uh, or, you know, it's, it's really commodified what people are willing to pay for pure transcription. So it's almost like, okay, but we, we aren't just pure transcription. We actually have this analysis side of our software, which I'd argue is the, the larger part of our software that can 100% be used even without this transcription element. Um, but then it's like, if you still need the transcription, it's like, why complicate your workflow by, uh, I understand from a budget perspective, but let's say, because we are quite competitive. Uh, in how we price our uh, transcription minutes, uh, as well as our professional transcription services. So why not just keep everything under one roof? It makes things more secure. Um, Not only are things more secure, you're also just simplifying your workflow, which is part of our ethos as well, where you don't need 10 different things to achieve, end up at the same spot. It's just, just use us, and we will help you and try to figure out a solution that works best for your budget and your needs. And, but at the same time, it's also, I think it's a two way relationship where obviously in most cases, customers don't really care about us as much as we care about them, but we also need to care about us. So it's what makes sense to help someone, but also what's not going to sink us. Right. And it's kind of finding that balance where we still want to be profitable as a business, (laughs) Uh, but kind of a bit of flexibility in how we achieve that profitability while still having a bit of leeway for uh, better serving our customers as well. So to your point about this whole plan personalization, it's, it's kind of neat because what we've kind of allowed people to do is uh, build their own plans essentially, right? Like imagine a builder bear workshop, but for for a SaaS product. <laughs> so it's it's how do we get people to feel comfortable enough uh, with this concept. Cause I think people like, there's also this kind of mental barrier of, okay, there must be like a caveat. Oh, this is not a lot tempor- of This is going to be a temporary price or, you know, you're just going to pull the rug under me and like charge me a one-time fee. So I, th- I think there are like a lot of considerations from a consumer perspective that-, that we're learning as we experiment, right? Like why might someone be wary about this deal, for example, and how do we maybe address those concerns to let them know that literally you will only pay for what you need. In a way, um, obviously there are parts of the system that we can't remove because that is the baseline of what our system is built on. But there are elements of our system that are a bit more customized customizable um, to to kind of help you achieve your your end goals.
0: and yeah, you touched on something that's important, which is like especially with a system like ours, you're sort of making an investment into the system, an investment into us. So if we, you know, set up plans to be unprofitable. It actually affects the sustainability of the business and the sustainability of the investment that you're making. So we are working with, you know, our end users as partners to set up something that everyone is excited for. I don't know why this is sticking out to me, I, I but like, it's like if you go to a ski hill and you go going skiing for the weekend, and you like, you know, I'm thinking of skis, skis or a snowboard as like say transcripts, you know, and you already have skis or snowboards, and then the ski hill is like, no, you have to rent snowboards, you know, or otherwise you can't use the hill or, you know, it's going to be $500. Um, even if you don't use the snowboard, people will be like, why the hell would I do this? I brought my own board or, or a snowboard, you know? So like trying to also just think of it in that as who am I as a, like sometimes when you're building a business, you almost, like, it's always important. Like the main driver is empathy. And sometimes you take yourself out of you're building a business and you're focused on growth and everything. You're also like, forget it, that you are also a consumer of many things. And if a company, for example, treated me this way, how would it make me feel? Or if I actually wanted to use something, but they, you know, have they tack this on and it becomes unaffordable. Like I'm going to start searching around for, other options. So just trying to build that into every, everything that we do to, you know, put the people who are use, using speak or investing in us in it, because in a way you said it, like a lot of these people are sort of visionaries or early adopters and giving them reducing the risk for them as those people too, is I think it's really important. So um, it's been fun to experiment, learned a lot this week, excited to continue to refine. And at every, at the start of every experiment, it's funny because you have these like sort of grandiose, ambitions or expectations uh and you're always trying to move the needle for improvement but what i'm what you forget to do remember sometimes is that like a, a small incremental improvement can make a big difference over time and so that's also just like i'm reminding myself this that of that this week of okay maybe you know maybe it's not uh you know, 100% perfect of the execution or that we figured out. But even if this pipeline helps us, you know, get a few more extra customers each week and we build great relationships with that, that's uh, very exciting. So I've nothing else to say. Anything else from you, uh, Niihal, before we wrap this up?
1: No, that was a good, solid conversation. Um, And I think, uh, once again, it'll be interesting to see if, if this, maybe it was a bit more even today with like, just us two <laughs> yeah kind of forced to uh to s- split the uh the time
0: i still feel like I probably won the speaker talk time battle uh, but uh you know you tried and you did good but yeah. uh, uh you know some of the some of the things are some of the things are that we talked about today are actually some things that are pretty fresh that came from conversations that we had this week and so it's still like Feel like, what am I doing? Like when I'm trying to articulate them, I'm like walking through a maze of <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> how do I even describe this? So one other thing quickly is like, that's the other part that I'm just, you know, I know you've worked on a lot. I've constantly working on it, failing at it, but it's like, huh, I'm a, so this, uh, I had this in, uh, in, investor reach out I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. I think they signed up for the platform, sent me, a, sent me an email, maybe like five hours later, I'm like, ah, this is too complex. I got to, I can't, we can't, we can't look at this right now. Uh, and so that's the other thing is like, it takes me, you know, uh, a minute to figure out how to string together a sentence explaining why this is important and why this is valuable, but like generally a very small percentage of the population cares what they care about is what we talked about a bit at the start of the episode is like the insight at the end or the value to me as a person. And, Um, so that is something that I'm trying to work. I know again, that you are like, who cares? The AI, the NLP, the sentiment analysis, what I care is, does this help me save time? Does it make me money? Does it, you know, that's, I think the five reasons why people buy products, uh, you know, does it actually supplement those? And then one of the questions that I asked you sort of the group this week is like, say I sign up for Speak, Great. But why, if I don't say, start using Speak after the free trial, like, why does that matter? You know, what, what, why do I need to start using Speak right now? Like, how is this going to change my year for the better? And I think in some ways we answer that, but in some ways we still have a big gap uh, to, to do that. And um, even with this sort of new sort of personalized offer, I shared it with a couple people who are sort of sales advisors and stuff. And they, still drill down on questioning of how we can position that even even better so you don't have to answer me on this thing but that's something that I think I'm thinking of I know that you're thinking of but I think every person who's building product or technology needs to think of it's like what why now why do someone need to use this and it's also as I mentioned in that question was like This is also something investors ask if you're having a conversation to build a company. It's okay, you know, why now is this the right time? Why you? Uh, And unless you can be very sharp, defined with that answer, and it's compelling, you're gonna have a very difficult time climbing up that hill. So, uh, just a food for thought that I'm thinking of as I go into the weekend, uh, and hopefully can come back with some uh, maybe some compelling answers uh, uh, next week.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, This was a good, good, good chat.
0: Cool. Okay, Nihal, great to see you, sir. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, let me know if anything else pops up, but if I don't see you, uh, uh, thanks for everything this week. This is a good week. Bye, everyone.